Dog Days of Podcasting, Day 15, Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. I'll probably be talking about influenza soon, and I'm guessing that'll be two, if not more, episodes, and I'm not ready for that yet. So I thought for now I would just wrap up on smallpox. I just felt like smallpox uh, was a very big deal, is a very big deal. And uh, I should note things are getting a little tougher for me to do these because my teaching job is about to start. I have to go to a meeting tomorrow regarding it, actually two meetings tomorrow. And I need to do a bunch of online courses that we teacher types have to do. So there are things like depression and suicide awareness or employee accident and exposure incidents or sexual harassment. I've already done uh, one on COVID, actually two separate ones on COVID at two separate institutions. Another one coming up is managing stress and, and, and anxiety during the COVID pandemic. I need to do that. Anyway, I have to do all these in the next few days. So I'm not sure how I'm going to prepare for uh, these episodes here. These episodes get, you know, they're, they're not as important. So we'll see what I can do. Anyway, I thought I'd wrap up on smallpox, like I said, and just kind of wrap it up and put a bow on it and all that business. As bad as it sounds, it doesn't pop up that often in the really great pandemics. I have covered it already three times. I talked about the Antonine Plague from 165 to 180, I think. That was in the Roman Empire. That one, they're not sure if it was smallpox or not. Smallpox is the best guess. I mentioned one in Japan in the 1700s. That was an episode. And then the one in Mexico in the 1500s. Remember how that wiped out the Aztecs, uh, specifically in the city of Tenochtitlan, and how horrible that was, the graphic descriptions of all the dead. I also did talk uh, about the symptoms of smallpox and, very importantly, about Edward Jenner creating the smallpox vaccine. Remember, that was from cowpox. But there's still some more stuff I can go over. So uh, let's start with that. One thing, the date of appearance of smallpox is not settled. It may have evolved from a terrestrial terrestrial. African rodent virus between 68,000 and 16,000 years ago. The double-stranded DNA virus that causes the main form of it, variola major, is a large brick-shaped virus measuring about 325 by 250 nanometers. Actually, that's somewhat average-sized. It's closely, closely related to cowpox and monkeypox, both of which can also infect humans. It spread mostly via airborne transmission, but also by bodily fluids. Once inhaled, variola major virus invades the respiratory system. It actually is a complex way it invades your body, so I'm, I'm, I'm making it more simple. It looks like it goes into the respiratory system, migrates to regional lymph nodes, and multiplies. In the initial growth phase, the virus moves from cell to cell, but by around day 12, lysis of many infected cells occurs. Remember, lysis is the breaking, opening of the cells, releasing all types of viral particles. At that point, the virus is in the bloodstream in large numbers, which results in a second wave of multiplication in the spleen, bone marrow, and lymph nodes. 
By the way, chicken pox was commonly confused with smallpox over the years, but he, eventually doctors learned the difference between a smallpox rash and a chicken pox rash. What's the deal with chicken pox, by the way? A little diversion here. It's also a viral disease. Uh, the, the virus is called the varicella zoster, Z-O-S-T-E-R. Varicella zoster virus, V-Z-V. But it's a totally different virus, no relationship to smallpox. The disease results in characteristic skin rash that forms small itchy blisters, which eventually scab over. Other symptoms can include fever, tiredness, and headaches. Sy symptoms last five to seven days. Death is rare, only in about one in 60,000 cases. Chickenpox was not separated from smallpox until the late 19th century. In 1888, its connection to shingles was determined. The first documented use of the term chickenpox was in 1658. There are evidently various explanations uh, for the use of chicken, and part of it, one idea is that's because it's relatively mild. I don't know how chicken means mild. And I, the art, I tried to look at the article for why it was named chickenpox, and it's a scholarly article that I did not have access to. <clears throat> Since its introduction in 1995, the varicella vaccine, or the chickenpox vaccine, has resulted in a decrease in the number of cases and complications from the disease. It protects about 70 to 90% of people from disease. Since immunization, the number of infections in the United States has decreased nearly 90%. Yes, please vaccinate. Shingles is due to a reactivation of varicella zoster virus, VZV, in a person's body. It's kind of interesting. So once chicken pox has resolved, the virus may remain inactive in nerve cells. When it reactivates, usually you're an adult, I think, it travels from the nerve body to the endings in the skin, producing blisters. Risk factors for reactivation include old age, poor immune function, and having had chickenpox before 18 months of age. So if you're in any of those situations, you could get shingles. How the virus remains in the body or subsequently reactivates is not well understood. It's suggested that children get the chickenpox vaccine, the varicella vaccine between ages of 12 to 15 months. Okay, let's get off chickenpox and shingles and back to smallpox. Uh, Regarding epidemics or outbreaks of smallpox, here are some highlights about smallpox. In the 6th century, increased trade with China and Korea introduced smallpox into Japan. 7th century, Arab expansion spread smallpox into northern Africa, Spain, and Portugal. 11th century, the Crusades further spread smallpox in Europe. 15th century, Portuguese occupation introduces smallpox into parts of Western Africa, 16th century. European colonialization and, and African slave trade import, import smallpox into the Caribbean and Central and South America. Think Christopher Columbus. Uh, I guess he's more 15th century, right? 17th century, European colonization. I can, I, I don't say that right, do I? Colonization imports smallpox into North America. 18th century, exploration by Great Britain introduces smallpox into Australia. 
Here's a list of outbreaks uh, among Native Americans. We've went over some of these, but it's pretty astounding. And this is not all of them. This is a general overview. The first known cases I came across are from 1509 to 1517, over 500 years ago. Two waves of smallpox kill from a third to a half of the American Indians in what are now Cuba, Haiti, and Puerto Rico. Columbus himself may have been partly responsible for some of this, although I did not read that exactly. Uh, 1520 is when we had the Mexican Aztec smallpox epidemic. I talked about that that in episode 7. That was bad. 1521, smallpox heads down to South America. 1527 to 1530, it kills up to 200,000 in the Incan Empire. 1555, it hits Brazil. 1617, Massachusetts, 1630, the Huron, Huron, uh, Native American peoples of Ontario. We talked about that in episode 11. 1630 to 1640, there were just too many epidemics for me to count, mostly in New England and mostly affecting Native Americans, with repeated waves in 1649, 1669, 1687, 1715 to 1721, epidemics from Texas all the way up into New England again. This happens again, 1729 to 1733. 1738, it kills half of the Cherokee in the Southeast. 1775 to 1783, an epidemic sweeps across all of North America, including Canada and Mexico. As part of that, in 1781, it struck the Blackfeet in Montana. 1788, the Pueblo Native Americans were hit. 1831 to 1899, for 70 years, it hit all over America. I couldn't even come close to hitting them, listing them all again. So I had always heard that Europeans, quote, brought disease, unquote, to Native Americans, but never realized how many died, how widespread it was, Canada all the way to South America, and for how long it went on, roughly from 1500 to 1900, 400 years of wiping out Native Americans uh, from smallpox and obviously other diseases as well. So looking at it this way, Europeans were basically an invasive species in America. Elsewhere around the world, uh, the Antonine Plague hit the Roman Empire, 165. I talked about that in episode four. Uh, This is the one that may not have been smallpox. The Roman Empire was hit again, 250 to 266. Japan, 735. That was episode 5. 17th century, uh, Europe has a bunch of outbreaks in the 1600s. Remember that? That was a lot of bubonic plague as well. 1707, it hits Iceland. 1789, New South Wales, Australia. And the same place was hit again in 1828. 1840, South Africa, 1857, Victoria, Australia, 1870 to 1875, Europe gets hit with another wave, and the last one I found, 1974, hit India. Some final comments on smallpox. Uh, I read that in 18th century Europe, it is estimated 400,000 people died from the disease per year. I'm not sure I believe that. 400,000 per year for about 100 years? That's a lot. And one third of all cases of blindness were due to smallpox. 
These deaths included six monarchs. Smallpox is estimated to have killed up to 300 million people in the 20th century. 300 million, 20th century. And around 500 million people in the last 100 years of its existence. Half a billion people, 100 years. These numbers are pretty hard to comprehend. As recently as 1967, 15 million cases per year. In 1967, that year, same year, the WHO intensified efforts to eliminate the disease. Smallpox is one of only two infectious diseases to have been eradicated, the other being Rinderpest, which I've barely ever heard of, which was eliminated in 2011. Smallpox has existed for at least 3,000 years and was one of the world's most feared diseases until it was eradicated by a collaborative global vaccination program led by the World Health Organization, the much maligned and much hated WHO. In late 1975, Rahima Banu, a three-year-old girl from Bangladesh, was the last person in the world to have naturally acquired variola major. Janet Parker was the last person to have died of smallpox. It was 1978, and Parker was a medical photographer at the Birmingham University Medical School in England and worked one floor above the medical microbiology department where smallpox research was being conducted. She became ill on August 11th, developed a rash on August 15th, but was not diagnosed with smallpox until nine days later. She died on September 11th, 1978, the last person to die of smallpox. Almost two centuries after Jenner published his hope that vaccination could annihilate smallpox, on May 8, 1980, the 33rd World Health Assembly officially declared the world free of this disease. Eradication of smallpox is considered the biggest achievement in international public health it is now not necessary to get the smallpox vaccine. A couple of last things. Stocks of variola virus, this may be something you've heard of. Following the eradication of smallpox, scientists and public health officials determined there was still a need to perform research using the variola virus. They agreed to reduce the number of laboratories holding stocks of variola virus to only four locations. In 1981, those places that were uh, served as WHO collaborating center or were actively, actively working with variola virus were the US, England, Russia, and South Africa. By 1984, England and South Africa had destroyed their stocks or transferred them to other approved labs. There are now only two locations where smallpox is officially stored and handled under WHO supervision. The CDC in Atlanta, Georgia, and the State Research Center of Virology and Biotechnology, the Vector Institute in Koltsovo, Russia. Last foreboding thought. There was always a concern that there are unknown stocks of smallpox existing somewhere else in rogue laboratories and or that bad actors could attempt to revive it as biological warfare. Remember, we're not vaccinated against it anymore. Talk to you tomorrow.